Welcome to Audio Gyan. Today we have Anusha Pinto with us to have a Gyan Gyan session on copywriting, branding and advertising. Anusha started her career 10 years back in marketing, switched to copywriting and now makes her living by strategizing for brands. At heart, she is a creative butterfly fluttering between gardening, lettering, cooking, drawing, designing, writing, storytelling, dreaming and more. Thanks Anusha for being on the show. Thanks Kedar uh, for having me. Yeah. So I'll directly get into our conversation. The first uh, thing which I wanted to ask you is uh, what are the challenges of making a not so good brand better? Uh just to give you a context I was working in Webchetney uh, an online advertising agency where uh, there were a lot of brands which used to come for us uh, to make microsites and flash banners and things like that and I found that they really had a very weak positioning or the product itself was not really good so what kind of challenges a copywriter or a agency has to make a very sad brand uh, hit the market okay i think uh, you covered one point that i was going to say is that the very first thing that we try to figure out when we do when we start working on a brand is uh, why the like why the brand is not doing well that's the first thing we want to figure out and uh, if there is a problem with the product and the service itself then no amount of branding or advertising can save that product okay okay um so that's challenge number 1 and that's you're almost hitting your you're, you're probably setting yourself up for failure over there also you know you're going to be wasting a lot of money okay. trying to build a brand out of a product which is not good okay after that the second biggest challenge is uh, when a brand doesn't know who it is just like a person mm-hmm. okay uh if we are people and uh, you know people always tell you be who you are mm-hmm. be who you are and uh, you know the right people will come to you correct that's what we that's the advice we give to a person yeah you know we always tell a person why do you live for others or do you live for yourself yeah now that's easier said than done it works in the case of a person they don't have to please everybody mm-hmm. but um whenever we try to go up the ladder as a human being we mm. always ask for feedback from people improve our points have certain goals adjust our personality like that correct but the root of it is always in our true nature as a brand the sweet spot is between your true nature mm-hmm. and the relevance part of it how relevant you are to the people you want to reach out to so okay. just as a person how you do self improvement mm-hmm. brand is built between what the brand truly is and what the brand wants to be perceived as mm-hmm. so what the brand wants to be perceived as is something that a marketing agency can help you define mm-hmm. but what the brand is right now mm-hmm. or who they are or why why do people work over there mm-hmm. what does it mean to its employees if people don't know that then that's a huge challenge to bring out of the brand owners themselves but isn't it simple to make things up yeah it is very simple to make things up uh-huh today uh-huh in this day and age everyone can anyone can do a background check on a brand correct anyone yeah right and everybody has a voice online mhm so when you fake a story mhm the audience can just call your bullshit immediately correct yeah right? yeah and it's when you're trying to create a brand if your foundation is only created in fakeness mhm uh i don't even know if fakeness is a word but if your foundation is fake then you can just imagine how crumbly this rest of the structure is going to be yeah yeah 
you know at what stage are you going to evolve your brand how mm. are you going to build upon it how are you going to stay true to it what are you going to deliver to your customers are your employees ever going to deliver what you promise in your advertise no but uh, for a small bit of campaign you can fake right and like just promise something to get that initial traction and then uh, build on it but i think that's oh that very, becomes repetitive no that's a very old way of looking at advertising i feel oh okay of doing uh, a campaign without taking any responsibility for the brand okay today you have uh, your coca cola and your thumbs up and your pepsi all three of them are the same product but they just can't do advertising based on what anything fake or what people want to hear mm-hmm. they have to still maintain a bit of authenticity mm-hmm. and they need to know who they are for that reason so if coca cola is about bringing people together all their campaigns will have to be about bringing people together they suddenly can't become youth which is the space that pepsi has adrenaline is the space that thumbs up has Correct. okay yeah. you can't mess around with your space <laughs> and then if you want to stay true to that space today there is digital content also so you have every place where you have to stay true to that space <laughs> okay so that was my challenge number 2 i have more challenges actually yeah, yeah. uh so like i said the whole story and you're talking you're talking about faking it and all of that which leads me to the third challenge which is about getting all the stakeholders on board at the same time Mm-hmm. To know what a brand is, you need to have the people leading the brand part of the exercise okay. where you figure out what the brand is. Mm-hmm. So you need to have your CEO. It's not just it shouldn't just be a CMO level function. Even the CEO has to be involved. The CHRO has to be involved. Mm-hmm. So everybody gets involved. If they themselves don't have not had this discussion before, where they don't know what the brand is. Mm-hmm. then it's a scary place mm-hmm. yeah the next challenge is amongst these people and everything today everybody is saying data data we are all data driven and all of that but branding is not a data driven exercise it's a feelings driven exercise oh that's interesting okay data can tell you what's happening mm-hmm. data can help you predict the future mm-hmm. but data can't help you create a future you are not here a brand is not here to go with the flow a brand is here to create a flow and to create your own path the data can only give you certain insights mm-hmm. but you have to add your imagination to it yeah absolutely and because it is so feelings driven it's a very very subjective process which For- brings me to the fourth point which is that because it is a subjective process time it is time consuming you sorry have- sorry to cut you here yeah. uh it's subjective for the brand or for the agency so again i would like to blur the lines over here okay you the agency and the client have to work in partnership to build a brand okay mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. and uh therefore the client who owns the brand and the agency who is doing the marketing or the uh, creating the campaign for the brand they need to work together see tomorrow the brand can change the agency mm-hmm. will they change who they are no, no right the brand no. still has to be what they are mm. and that's why it's very important that regardless once the agency changes the brand owners only are the custodians of the brand yeah and that's why i was saying that when it comes to stakeholders no today everybody wants things very fast mm-hmm. you know but it's not when you're naming a brand you're not naming a baby ki ha chalo ek mahine mein baby ko name kar diya and rest of the life the baby will deal with the name mm-hmm. today you have to ask rest of your life will you deal with the name mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> your name is going to last forever mm-hmm. your branding has to last at least 10 years if not 20 years yeah correct yeah. you can't keep changing your low identity every 5 years hmm. though some brands have tried doing that lately and it's just been a massive waste of money hmm. and your strategy that you create your brand strategy that has to last you at least 5 years mm-hmm. the campaign you create has to last you 3 years mm-hmm. if not okay one year also mm-hmm. it has to your, there is so much of investment each each film takes about a crore to make yeah mm-hmm. it's not a joke yeah so how can you do these things in like 5 minutes or you know 
i give you brief today i want it tomorrow sure we can crack these things under pressure everything is possible hmm. but time is still a challenge the after that because i spoke about feelings and time the thing is that branding therefore is not an instantly measurable outcome yeah okay because hmm. like i said it's not a data driven process it's a feelings driven process but we all know that it takes time to build brand equity mm-hmm. so the results of branding take longer to show themselves mm-hmm. it's not going to show you instantaneously okay and finally the biggest challenge within an agency mm. after everything is said is execution yeah because you can have a you can prob- probably get all your stakeholders on board you can figure out what the brand is you will create this brand story you will have a vision and everything and then to convert that vision into the perfect film or channel print digital communication hmm. emailers even transaction mailers mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. that's where because so many people are involved in this execution line correct and you have figured everyone excited about this that is also a huge huge challenge uh you mentioned about uh spending a lot of money and making sure that the communication from a brand uh should remain consistent at least for 5 years uh but in my experience i've seen orange uh then hutch and then turning into vodafone so how do you think they must have managed these big brand transitions actually this is a great example because the transition was so smooth mm-hmm. that uh none of the customers because we i i we were i was also a hutch customer which then when it became vodafone mm-hmm. and i know a lot of people who were orange customers and then it became to hutch yeah they managed to bring in that excitement so no customer was uncomfortable mm-hmm. with this change in name with this change in logo with this change of brand and they did it very seamlessly mm-hmm. the way they did it seamlessly mm-hmm. was with their tone of voice so vodafone be it orange hutch vodafone all three have a very warm tone of voice and these are brand all three have made sure at least in the indian market that's what i can speak for right now hmm. to be a brand of few words mm-hmm. none of them did highly emotional campaigns yeah but all of them did warm innocent campaigns mm-hmm. okay so hutch came and hutch was pink in color and hmm. orange was very obviously orange in color hmm. all they said was orange is now pink yeah yeah okay mm-hmm. such a succinct line mm mm-hmm. mm and they just use this color to help you change the perception. perception they didn't tell you orange is now hutch that's going to be difficult for you to remember mm-hmm. they did a play on the color mm. orange is now pink pink yeah. is equal to hutch that later theek hai huh. you will remember later no problem correct first just remember orange is now pink tomorrow when you go to upgrade your sim card for any reason you're going to get a pink color sim card wow and you'll be okay with that yeah then what did uh, after that campaign what did hutch do hutch introduced to the hutch puppy yeah? yeah again very warm communication no dialogues mm-hmm. just this puppy that give you this feeling of innocence and wherever you go your network follows you and they would just that puppy would just go and be with this person it would be cute yeah yeah right yeah. It, it it made you feel all warm and fuzzy inside yeah and they used that same puppy and they showed him in vodafone vodafone so again you have a thread Mm-hmm. Okay, you're seeing the same character taken forward, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that tone of voice from Hutch to Vodafone has maintained itself. Correct. With this puppy, with happy to help, 
so regardless the tone of voice has continued because when brands change visual language has to change mm mm-hmm. okay and this is one advantage by your tone of voice can probably change as per markets maybe vodafone speaks differently outside i'm not too sure mm-hmm. i mean zuzu is a very indian thing correct yeah right yeah and uh, i think that's where you have to be very very careful when you manage change like this mm mm-hmm. it's not about making a big dhamaka correct you know it's about touching upon what people already know about your brand mm-hmm. and then bringing about that transition yeah so now uh, as you said uh, the transition was very smooth so what what kind of role does language play uh, in advertising world so in advertising uh, because of the medium that we use there are two kinds of languages mm-hmm. visual and verbal correct okay uh, if i do experiential design then smell also becomes my language texture also becomes my language interesting whatever helps you communicate mm-hmm. with your audience mm-hmm. is your language mm-hmm. correct hmm so as someone in branding i will talk to you about visual and verbal language hmm so i think the biggest role of language is to help your audience recognize you hmm. how do we recognize our friends voice correct you know yeah even if you have sometimes you tell you know you tell your friend you don't sound like yourself hmm the voice is the same right yeah but what changes the tone the hmm. emotion Mm-hmm. when your friend is feeling low mm-hmm. you don't sound happy you don't sound like your usual bubbly self you'll tell your friend yeah, yeah. right mm. so language verbal language nuances are in sentence construction mm mm-hmm. sentiments emotion tone of voice mm-hmm. these things mm mm-hmm. and that helps you recognize whether a brand is sick or a brand is healthy correct right? yeah yeah because when a brand is consistent the brand is healthy Mm-hmm. the brand is up and now the brand is being bipolar <laughs> nobody mm-hmm. wants to be associated with a weird brand right yeah yeah so i think that recognize the helping people recognize your brand mm-hmm. is very very important and that's what vodafone did they maintain that tone of voice correct yeah you yeah. know that's what fast track does when you see something outrageous you know it's fast track mm-hmm. you're not expecting a lovey dovey sweet thing from fast track yeah even thumbs up all these yeah. brands that i have mentioned to you I mean, yeah. right now same thing goes for visual language mm-hmm. okay um, the main job of visual language is if i see a hoarding when you see a vodafone hoarding you know it's vodafone mm-hmm. right now they have done the triangle visual language mm-hmm. right yeah when you see an airtel hoarding you see a blurb theek you didn't get the message but at least you remembered acha took maybe airtel brand ka mm-hmm. ad it must yeah, be yeah yeah right you see an airsel you will not remember what it is no <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the difference uh-huh. you know how an airtel brand looks you know how a vodafone but you don't know what airsel looks like but is it because of the reach or uh, also uh, definitely reach has a big role to play media buying has a big role to play uh-huh. in all of this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but there is a certain pattern right mm-hmm. that you see yeah and, and the simpler it gets of maybe maybe these brands have communicated equally with us but we've not recognized them so much mm-hmm. it's like now even it i shouldn't be saying this but a lot of other competitor brands look like apple ads yeah yeah everybody is using that thin font yes slim thin font with white background yeah yeah they don't need to apple already owns that space they think mm-hmm. they're fooling people they're not mm-hmm. <laughs> you know people will think oh maybe that's some <laughs> apple ad <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you know that's what will happen so that's one big role that language plays mm-hmm. uh second role that language plays is of course of pure communication 
you hmm. want to tell your offer you want to tell your offering language is what's going to help you tell that mm-hmm. and third very important role in advertising within the agency the role that language plays within the agency mm-hmm. see when a client comes to you with something right mm. you don't go in the first week with a full fledged campaign mm-hmm. you first excite them with your words you communicate the idea hmm. you communicate the strategy in your presentation with the help of a few visuals and some films and all might be there but hmm. the bigger thought is communicated face to face as a story hmm. okay a script is also read out to the client it is your tool to help your clients and your teammates imagine what is the future of this brand yeah i remember prasun joshi actually uh doing a small skit to explain what's going to happen in the brand yeah yeah because you can't execute no like i told you films cost a crore to make correct yeah but can you get the client excited enough to spend that 1 crore on your film mm-hmm. or theek hai even for a small client 5 lakhs mm-hmm. it's still big money for a small client correct yeah right mm-hmm. how do you excite them to do that mm-hmm. how you you need to spark their imagination mm-hmm. and that's done through words yeah so uh now that you have moved into slightly a brand strategy kind of a role but i remember you started off uh working as a copywriter as well so just in terms of pure language what do you think command over particular language is important okay the first and foremost like i mentioned in the previous question also your command over your language is your tool that helps you imagine correct if you will not be able to communicate your idea verbally Mhm then it's very difficult for you to get approval on that idea Mhm correct that's one. second is ideation itself Mhm you know the broader your vocabulary the mastery of your grammar now these might sound like technical things but mm-hmm. these are not technical stuff this is craft Mhm okay. how you hone your craft Mhm you know just if when you're drawing hath batna chahiye na practice se and you will understand how to make a curve Mhm like that when you're writing Hmm. you will have to hone your your vocabulary you have to you have to improve your uh, sentence construction skills you have to make it uh, make it very precise you have to be very technically right with it and hmm. that's your craft so the more you hone your craft the more it lets you think and express yourself better and that's when you come up with you know different different lines mm-hmm. to say different things to think different things how will you feel things if you don't know how what to call it you know the the reason why our spectrum of emotions is so broad is because we can also recognize these emotions mm-hmm. if you can't tell grief from despair yeah. as a writer you should be able to tell what is grief and what is sadness mm-hmm. and what is pity what is empathy what is sympathy only then you can clearly define no what my brand will be will my brand be a sympathetic brand or an empathetic brand yeah am i uh, are my is my audience going to like my brand or love my brand or be fanatic about my brand the the more you know your goal the mm. closer you can get and that's why you need to articulate it that well mm-hmm. but fine this is about vocabulary mm-hmm. and you know how it helps you recognize different things and helps you narrow down on an idea mm-hmm. but also like i said sentence construction the way you weave your words together that craft is super important mm-hmm. because the more you practice your language Hmm. you know when you are in a client's room hmm giving them a presentation you have one shot hmm to get an approval on an idea correct yeah but uh like i wanted slightly a different take on language because our generation the foundation has been slightly better than what it is there today so for example if a new person doing a bba course uh he might be kicked over some slang words to be used in the brand uh and uh 
a very different kind of vocabulary altogether so how will the how will they build the foundation then so the foundation of language is anyway the basic construct of it mm-hmm. construct is the same mm-hmm. you have your verbs and your adjectives and your prepositions so you know that first you cannot uh, like you will talk about uh, it's basic sentence construction that i don't think changes i think what you're talking about is slang and stuff is about the evolution of language so few years ago bollywood bollywood was not in the oxford dictionary today it is mm-hmm. masala was not in the oxford dictionary today it is mm-hmm. it's part of the official oxford dictionary it's in the english language mm-hmm. and it will evolve mm-hmm. slang will evolve mm-hmm. slang evolves as culture evolves as humans evolve and it will become language so okay. if a new new uh, upcoming copywriter just without having a strong foundation of english says that yes texting is a word and which can be used very casually among people it's fine it's fine okay it's yeah. absolutely fine but i don't know if it is a strong foundation of english or not because if his grammar is off mm-hmm. if he doesn't know how to write a sentence mm-hmm. then if he then it doesn't matter what words he knows right a job of a copywriter is not to talk like himself or herself mm-hmm. copywriter has to talk like the brand brand yeah so far whatever you have uh, spoken about i would like to slightly concise everything and just ask you what could be the main three factors to make a brand successful i think first and foremost comes honesty mm-hmm. second is consistency mm-hmm. speaking the same thing and uh, third is relevance and okay. in between consistency and relevance mm-hmm. comes a phase called evolution it's painful it's not easy to tell a true story mm-hmm. to tell who you are mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times people feel that if i just tell who i am maybe it's not interesting enough Mm-hmm. but that's the job of the marketer uh but yes honesty is one of the most important thing for a brand that's mm-hmm. what i would say uh second thing i said is consistency mm-hmm. now most brand owners find consistency very boring they like kuch naya dikhao yaar mm-hmm. i imagine if vodafone told us that mm-hmm. and every year they change the way they look yeah. how much equity they would lose out on right yes mm-hmm. so you need to sound like yourself without getting stagnant mm-hmm. and that's why the third point of relevance relevance can only happen if you understand what you want to be and you evolve like that a lot of brands today your shampoo brands soap brands they want to be like dove but remember where dove started dove started with one quarter moisturizing milk you can't just take another brand which is rooted in science and ask them to go the dove way so you have to evolve because the conversation has changed today correct you know today dove's latest with women from different different startup society that why should beauty have only one face you know that is completely changed they have not taken celebrities mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean every other brand should now chuck their celebrities and move to what dove is doing you know garnier has always been the girl next door an everyday girl mm-hmm. never really a celebrity but mm-hmm. there are other brands that bank on celebrity mm-hmm. l'oreal takes a celebrity says because i'm worth it because that's what it wants women to believe mm-hmm. these three brands know what they're talking about mm-hmm. and they know they're trying to stay true to that mm-hmm. but some other brands try to falter here and there mm-hmm. you know so you have to be relevant because people's needs are changing because people's wants are changing and do you have to say something new mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's how all these three four points are connected mm-hmm. honesty consistency consistency that leads to a very relevant evolution so moving on to the next section of this uh, which is slightly uh, which i have experienced personally that in in the advertising agency there's generally a copywriter and a designer pair so i want to understand a bit more about uh, how they complement each other how they it used to be a copywriter and um 
uh, an art director together because that was the medium the medium demanded that your medium was visual and verbal mm-hmm. today when you do experience design you will be a copywriter a designer and an architect working together mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and uh, so it really depends on what is the medium for so many years the medium was hoardings and billboards and uh, television and that's why it's been a writer and a uh an art director mm-hmm. uh anusha just considering the time i would like to conclude uh with one last question that how does one get into this field or um how did you come into this field i have to tell you my past mm-hmm. <laughs> so i uh i got out of school as a uh ace student mm-hmm. walked straight right in and started a vocational science electronics 11 12 kind mm. of person mm-hmm. and then i realized this is not for me mm-hmm. and i didn't know what to do and uh, people said no future in ba bcom i didn't want to do math and stats and uh, bsc again no future so what to do what to do tabhi something new came up bmm uh-huh. i said chalo bmm karte movies movies dekhenge uh-huh. advertise you have to watch tv all day uh-huh. so do this uh-huh. <laughs> so that's how i got into bmm Uh-huh. Even I didn't know about it. Some friend was going for a some orientation. I just joined my friend, uh-huh. and I got into the colleges that I applied. Uh, I got into KC College, which was one of the best. Uh-huh. Okay, it's one also for top rank, whatever. But that is the those three years were the uh, made it worth the remaining twelve years of torture of education that I had gone through. Uh-huh. So three years in BMM were the golden years of my education. Uh-huh. So this is the true education. Uh, after i did that i got uh, campus placements and got straight and got uh, a marketing role in directive ha uh-huh. ha there i did 3 and a half years of marketing ha uh-huh. ha okay so in directive i got into sales and then i moved into community evangelism there okay. was no role called community evangelism back then in india like not many companies had it only some foreign companies had a community evangelist mm-hmm. so facebook and all had not caught up 2008 is when people started making accounts on facebook twitter and all of this mm-hmm. i'm talking about 2007 mm-hmm. okay yeah so uh it was really strange because the first thing that i had to do as a community evangelist was build a community around directive mm-hmm. and today i think we call it employer branding also where we get people excited mm-hmm. to be part of the brand to not buy the brand but to work for a brand for a brand right and that's where a true community is formed mm-hmm. and my work for 3 years was that mm-hmm. to launch a product also we launched code chef over there which mm-hmm. was to bring programmers together oh. and uh, you know basically build a community of better programming mm-hmm. so there was a vision Mm-hmm. there was so much focus on work culture mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. today we talk about culture of a brand mm-hmm. we were doing this in directive back in 2007 2008 mm-hmm. okay then i left in 2010 uh, wanted to do something far more creative mm-hmm. so i started my own company called art umbrella which failed mm-hmm. uh, alongside i was also um, i took up a course in applied arts mm-hmm. from rachna sansar mm-hmm. um i uh, it was a two year weekend course mm-hmm. in the last semester i dropped out because i had no money to pay the fees mm-hmm. i got broke mm-hmm. i put all my money in art umbrella i went broke but anyway the last year was about doing a campaign till then all the theory was done in the first three semesters uh-huh. so and making campaign by then i needed a job so i got a job as a copywriter Uh-huh. because i had not yet hath nahi baitha tha uh-huh. just did a course all theory in place ideas and all are there mm. but i can't execute 
so i couldn't be an art director so i became copywriter mm-hmm. okay and uh, i anyway wrote i had a small blog and marketing me so i had to keep writing content hmm. so theek hai so i became copywriter now all this mixed marketing knowledge of applied art which is also like visual design and copywriting hmm. because my boss there shormishta mukherjee she made sure to make me believe that i was good for nothing mm-hmm. okay like she's like my grandmother can write better copy than you <laughs> but she was a great teacher uh-huh. a great mentor uh-huh. and she really made sure that uh, you know we all of us who came out of ha- uh, ariksha uh, and flying cursor every writer like loves her because uh-huh. she made us write so much better uh-huh. and think about a brand in that way mm. and uh, so using all these three things mm-hmm. understanding a brand from inside working client side to understanding a brand from outside as a copywriter and somebody in advertising now my role has gotten evolved to brand strategy okay so ha- the way it happened at happy magari bhavan is that i joined as a design writer mhm very excited about design because i already had an applied arts knowledge so i joined as a design writer in their design cell mhm and i used to write copy for brands as well as describe the design that has happened so i used to try and articulate why the designers did what they did mhm and uh, i also used to articulate why i want to name this brand like this mhm uh, or why do i want the tone of voice of a brand to be such and such mhm turns out that was part of strategy mhm explaining why you do what you do mhm because the role of a strategist is to ask why mhm why should this brand say this why mm-hmm. does it matter to the client why should the customer care mm-hmm. you know why is the category like this mm-hmm. it's all about the why 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 and in the end you have to answer why does this make sense correct <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know so that's my job uh-huh. that's what i do uh-huh. and uh, it's fun being a brand strategist yeah and and uh, as you mentioned design writer so uh, i'm sure that there will be a lot more kinds of role in the overall advertising uh, industry uh, so any like just uh, quickly if you can tell me uh, how one should get into copywriting when like back then there used to be no courses mm-hmm. i re- i uh, know very few copywriters who always knew that they wanted to be copywriters mm-hmm. most of them were like i'd be a lawyer or were going to do their engineering or did their engineering or d- become graduates bsc it happened by chance for a lot of people mm-hmm. but nowadays of course it's a lot more popular so people are becoming copywriters content writers on purpose mm-hmm. uh, not <laughs> falling into the trap like we did mm-hmm. <laughs> and there are also certain uh, prestigious institutions that charge you a bomb uh-huh. to study these courses okay uh, but your salary is going to be peanuts only at the beginning unlike mm-hmm. designers that come out of prestigious institutes mm mm-hmm. so you can skip that part and just straight become an intern in an agency or a design studio uh, studio find that mentor mhm that's the best way to learn mhm because no one can teach you writing they mm-hmm. can only bring it out of you and most writers copywriters especially understand your struggle because mm-hmm. uh 10 years ago there was nobody to tell us who to be a copywriter and 20 years ago for the people who were nurturing us mm-hmm. they also did not have anybody to tell them right yeah. they were all misfits mm-hmm. so we understand the struggle we understand uh, nobody's path has been straight mm-hmm. and uh, yeah the best people are the people who are already in the industry mm-hmm. and if you want to make it happen you have to join as an intern if you are straight out of college mm-hmm. or take a heavy pay cut 
the way I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get yeah. into it. It's yeah. not rosy, mm-hmm. but you do it because you like it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Anusha, for uh, having a gan gan session with us. Thanks, Kedar. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And made me also think about why I do what I do. Oh, thanks. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. And that's all from today's Gyan session with Anusha Pinto. Stay tuned for more audio Gyan next week. Till then, bye. Hello! It's been a great week on the IVM Podcast Network. On this round is on me. Gauri is joined by Shweta Nanda. They talk about the financial independence and how it is to be a woman entrepreneur. On Anish thing, Anish welcomes ultra marathon runner Shivani Gharat. Shivani shares her journey of how she ran her first marathon, the mindset of a runner, and what it actually takes to run a full marathon. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus, Naveen, Akash, and Shreyas talk about the Korean band BTS serving in the military and its repercussions. On Think Fast, Varun and Suchita discuss Wing Greens and their latest acquisitions, and about the Indian sexual wellness market. And on Shuni One, Sheila Dutta is joined by Dinika Bhatia. CEO and founder of Natigritis. They talk about coming from a business family and Dinika's journey in creating healthy and guilt-free snacking. Once again, don't forget to visit our merch store on ivmpodcast.com. We have some exciting new merch out there for you. Also, do follow us on social media. We are IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And do remember to spread the word about these shows and any other shows you might be listening to. Appreciate them, rate them, and review them wherever you are listening to them. You can also check out all our other shows on YouTube.com/IVMPodcasts. And finally, we would like to thank our sponsors this week: Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, Kotak Privy League Program, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thanks, guys. Without you, this would not be possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya and on our show Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from.